0: Welcome to Alpine Church. My name is Joel Daly. I'm the lead pastor here at the West Haven campus. And just so excited that you chose to join us this morning. Um, you know, we've had a lot going on the past couple weeks at Alpine, especially at this campus. If if you were with us last week, hopefully, at the D Event Center as we were celebrating uh, 20 year 20 years at Alpine Church of ministry. God is just so incredible um, just to, to start in a backyard and to end up Um, where we are today is just so magnificent and it's only because of God's grace and glory and power and so we're just uh, excited but we're excited to be back here together again this morning Um, and we're going to be this morning we're going to be finishing up our core values sermon series uh, and really taking a look at as you see on the screen here how we do what we do so everyone has values You have values, your neighbor has values, Um, you know, you may value timeliness, right, so you're always on time for things anywhere you go. You may be married to someone who values flexibility, so you're always, there's that eternal struggle of, well, we don't have to be on time, right, it's not that big of a deal. Um, But what we value determines what we do. One person said it that way, what we value, if my slide, there we go, what you value determines what you do. It's the things that are going to drive you toward something. And so it's important for us as a church to hone in. And so just for us is how we operate, but also for anyone coming in to our building to know what we're about. To know what we're about, to know uh, the reason why we do things that we do. Because the truth is, is that if you value everything, you don't really value anything. Because you're going to be so overwhelmed with, oh, well, we have to do this, 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 this. And so for us at Alpine, this has been a process of over a year of praying through and just deciphering what do we want to be known for. And what kind of culture do we want to create as a church? And so these are the ones, these are the values we've already looked at. This is actually the last week. So we're kind of going a a little bit out of order because we're talking about number three today. But value number one on this list and in our priorities is that we look to God and His Word in all we do. Everything that we do, we look to God and to the Bible in what we do. Because it's not just about what I think, it's not about a certain person's opinions or thoughts on anything like that. We believe that God's Word has power. We believe that God's word is is God breathes, that it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, that it's it's useful to teach us, to equip us for every good work, and so that's why everything that we do is really born out of this first value. We look to God and his word in all we do. The second value is we work hard at healthy relationships. You know, relationships are just really, really easy and... uh, that was a joke by the way, relationships are so hard, right? It is so hard to live in a world with so many different personalities and opinions and and priorities and all this stuff and if you expect relationships just to fall into place, good luck because that's not what happens. Relationships take hard work And so we're going to work hard at healthy relationships. We'll get to number three in a minute. Number four, we give up things we love for things we love more. Another way to say this, we we give up things that are good for things that are better. We believe that there are a lot of good things, a lot of ways that we could operate as a church but we feel like God, through his word, through prayer, through his direction, has called us to do ministry in a certain way. And so we do and don't do things that maybe other churches do. We give up things we love for things we love more. This is all about not my preference. It's not your preference, right? It's what's going what's to win the most people to Jesus. And then number five, we're on mission with Jesus. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. It's a great commission. Go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is our mission that we're on. We're on mission with Jesus to the best of our ability. And obviously, we're not perfect in any of these things. But this is what we're striving for. And today, we're going to look at one of my favorites. We win as a team, not as individuals. We believe everything. Everyone has something to offer for the greater good. Now, we're going to unpack this in a minute, but, but I just want to let that settle. We win as a team, not as individuals. One person said that there's no limit to what can be accomplished when you don't care about who gets the credit. There's no limit to what can be accomplished when you don't care who gets the credit. That's a good team. That's a team that I want to be on right I don't want to be on a team with a bunch of all stars that are are just vying for their numbers or their their priorities or their what they want to have happen. We're all a team working toward one purpose, which is our mission of helping people pursue God that's why we exist to help people pursue God you know i I think of when I think of a, a team with with I, A really good player, but they don't always win. I always think of any, basically any team LeBron James is on, right? Because it seems like for for a decade, over a decade, he has been the best basketball player in the world. Space Jam, too, if you don't, you know, maybe you don't watch basketball, but he's very famous, one of the best basketball players ever. But you notice that his team often loses, in the championships. Like, if you look at his record, he actually has lost more than he's won. And you're like, well, why? He's the best player. Well, because you can be the best player, but you may not be the best team. So, LeBron James often doesn't have enough good teammates around him to win. The teams that do have those are the ones who win and who work together. And that's what we want to be here. We want to be a, a team where there's no uh, prima donnas or, or people who are just all about their priorities. We win as a team, not as individuals. And so we're going to break this down a little bit. This is the first thing that we need to understand about this. That the drive to succeed in isolation is meaningless and empty. God designed us to win together. If you have your Bibles or your Bible apps uh, open it to Ecclesiastes 4. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes and Romans. Ecclesiastes, if, if you have our free Bible, which you can take, is on page 417. Um, but Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon, and it's this wisdom literature. Okay, It's, it's wisdom, and it, it's kind of a reality of things in the world that we live in. Even though this was written thousands of years ago, it's still just as applicable to us today. Because as Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun. And this is what Solomon says in, in chapter four, verse nine and ten. He says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone who falls alone, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Okay, so it goes on to say in verse 12 that a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. And the purpose in Solomon saying this is that he, he wants you to see, he wants us to see that there's strength in numbers, there's strength in community. That's the way that we were designed. This isn't for any specific relationship, but rather a whole life principle that we should all follow after. Two people are better off than one. If you look in verse 8 of that same uh, chapter, it says, when you succeed on your own, when you build up all of, this, all of these riches and work hard and build up this wealth, but you don't have anyone to share it with, it's meaningless and depressing. It's meaningless and empty. And so that's why here at church we, we operate as a team that works together. I, wanna, I want to take a, a moment and just kind of go through just what it takes to put together a, a, a service that we're in right now. And what it takes to run the church. Because the church is, is so many people doing so many things. It's not just one person doing, doing anything. And so I want you to imagine with me. And some of these are a reality, okay? I'll just, I'll just preface with that. Some of these are a reality. So, so we need to step up in a few of these areas. So imagine you come to church and there, there's no kids church. which There's not this service, right? There's no kids church. There's no youth group. There's no leaders throughout the week pouring into our young people. There's no coffee out there to drink. There's no one to help clean up the coffee you spill on the carpet. That was a joke. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to laugh. The bathrooms are filthy, trash is overflowing, the building stinks. The walls are bare with no decorations. there's nothing. it's just painted walls and that's it we're We're still decorating. we're kind of in a renovation here, right there's no um, there's no sound but thanks thanks to the sound team, thanks to the media team that we have these slides up here. There'd be no. There'd be no, if there was no worship, right? You just came and you listened to a message and you had to hear me speak for an hour. That'd get old real quick, right? Um, there's no one at the door smiling and greeting you and welcoming you. There's no ushers here to answer any questions to make you feel welcome. There's no one at the at the welcome table to talk with you. There's no small groups to get connected in outside of of Sunday morning service, and grow deeper in faith and relationships. there's no one to pray with you throughout the week. I know many of you get those texts and emails. I hardly ever send those out that That's our team that does that, which is so cool. You see, but that my point in saying all this is that we function as a team. We win as a team. It's not an individual doing everything. you know, so old church thinks oh, the pastor just does everything. The pastor and the leaders just do everything. And so, and so we sit on the sidelines and we don't get involved because everything's getting done. They don't need my help, right? That's not true. We, two are better than one. There's strength in numbers. However many people we can have involved, the better. You know, I was thinking of this as we, as we were renovating the campus over the last couple of weeks. We had, we had over 60 people come, give of their time, of their energy, of their efforts, and help us get this stuff done. And I'll be honest with you, there was a little part of me that was kind of worried like, oh no. I really hope people show up and help because I'm going to be in real big trouble and it's not going to look good if I have to do everything, right? But luckily, luckily the team stepped up. And people came in here and they painted and they tore up carpet. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that hell is going to be pulling up carpet that we had to pull up. Like it was absolutely awful. But we had like 20 or 30 people in here helping and it was so cool. It was such a good picture of what this verse is talking about. There's strength in numbers. We win as a team. The next thing is this is that, that all of us are invited to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Because through the Holy Spirit, everyone brings something to the table. Everyone brings something to the table. You know, I was a music major uh, for my undergrad up at Weaver State, and I played in, in orchestras my whole life. And, and my favorite piece that I've ever played was Beethoven's Ninth. You know it. Da, 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 right? And when you see that, that production done, there's over 100 people on the stage. There's over over 100 people who, who are making that happen. Now, individually, it'd be very underwhelming. Like if you're the triangle player and you just do some dings every once in a while, right? Like that's, that's nothing. But when you start putting all the instruments together, all the pieces together... It, it creates something so much bigger than any individual person could do. And that's exactly what God is inviting us to. Paul says this. He uses this analogy of the body. He says, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. That's Romans 12, 4 through 6. We're going to be here the rest of our time today. This is such a good verse. You know, this illustration of of the body. In another place in Corinthians, Paul is writing the church and he says that each body part has a special function that all works together. It all works together. Individually, the eye isn't that great. But when you add the eye with the nose with the ears, right? Like it starts to be something incredible, and this is how the church is. The church functions by by uh, people with with, as it says, different gifts for doing certain things well. But I want to be clear here because what Paul is talking about is he's talking about spiritual gifts, and a spiritual gift is given by the Holy Spirit when you place your trust and your faith in Jesus. Jesus came, He took your sin upon himself, He took the judgment and the wrath that you and I deserved, and he died on the cross for that. And then he rose again on the third day. And through relationship with him, we are saved. Romans 10:9 it says, "If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead, you are saved. It's by grace, through faith, which are both gifts from God. And the Bible says that when you do that, the, you receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, in God's grace, in His grace, has given you something, a, a specific gift for the purpose of blessing the church, of building up the church. Okay, so what I'm not saying is that if if you're not a Christian, you're not talented or good at something. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying specifically what Paul is talking about right here is a spiritual gift, which is given by the Spirit for the glory of God and for building up the church. And every Christian has a spiritual gift if you place your trust and faith in Jesus. Every Christian has a spiritual gift. And that word different, that word different right there, Another translation of that could be excellent. So in a sense, it's saying, in his grace, God has given us excellent gifts for doing certain things well. For doing not everything well, but certain things well. And this is important for us to understand because we, by our nature, we just compare ourselves to other people, right? we're just always comparing ourselves with this person or this person, whether I'm better, you know, sometimes we say I'm better than them. Sometimes we say they're better than me. But with spiritual gifts, each gift was intentionally given to you for a specific purpose. And it's excellent. And it's excellent not because of you, no offense, but because God gave it to you. And God is a God of excellence. And so, Whatever your gift is, which we'll look at some examples in a minute if you're like, I have no idea. Whatever your gift is, just know this, that in his grace, through the grace of Jesus, God gave you this gift. And it's excellent and it's to be used. And that's what Paul goes on to say. He says this in verses 6 through 8. He says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I love that. It's it's really practical and specific. Now, this isn't like every spiritual gift that could be named in existence, but he's just, this is an example of seven gifts. So let's look at these seven gifts. They're underlined here. The ability to prophesy essentially means you're a gifted communicator. You have the gift of communication. You can communicate well to other people. Your gift is serving. I think we all know people who it's like, if you ever need help, you call them and they're there for you. Those people might have the gift of serving, the, the gift of a teacher, of helping people to understand things, the gift of encouraging. Oh man, please, if you're an encourager, if you have this gift, do it more, please, because we need it so much in the church and in the world we live in. If, if your gift is giving, see what's interesting about some of these gifts is, is that we're all called to do some of these things, but some people excel in. In these things so while we're all called to give some people have the gift of generosity. If your gift is leadership, take it seriously and if you have a gift for showing kindness do it gladly. I want you to notice after each thing that's said after each gift that's highlighted what is what does it say right after that? it does it say if you have the gift to serve, you know, do it when you want to. If you have the gift of leadership, you know, maybe you can do that, maybe not, it's up to you. If you have a gift for kindness, do it when you feel like it. It doesn't say that at all, right? It, it it's very it's very uh driven. It says if you have this, then do it. Take it seriously. Do it gladly. It says all these things. It, it's not really It's not really an option. And this is the the truth. Is that if you're a Christian. You do have a spiritual gift. You do. And you should use it. That's exactly what Paul is saying here. That's what God is saying to all of us. If you're gifted in a certain area. That gift was given to you by grace. To be used for others. And now. A lot of these, you know, it doesn't say serve in kids' church, serve as an usher, make coffee, right? Like it doesn't say that. But if we can, if we can cont- bring context to this, you know, there's a lot of areas of ministry that you can serve in within your gifts to bless this specific church that you're at right now. And it doesn't matter what church you're in, if it's a church that teaches the Bible and glorifies Jesus, it's, this is true for you. Not just here at Alpine Church, but every church you go to, you're called to serve. You're called to get involved, and that's not just Sunday morning. that That can be that can be anywhere during the week. Um, Saturdays, you know, the the clean team that cleans the building every week often they don't do Sundays. They'll come in Saturday or Friday or Tuesday night, something like that, and clean. So that's not what it's saying. So so I just I want to. Speak specifically to the alpiner, or to the Christian. If you, if you are serving, if you're involved, if you're exercising your gift, thank you. Thank you for doing that because we win as a team. It, it helps me not only, but it more importantly glorifies God and helps build our church. Now if you're a Christian, you're an alpiner, and you're not serving, you're not using your gift, I hope that this is challenging to you. I hope this makes you a little bit uncomfortable. Because I hope that your pursuit of God doesn't just consist of coming, sitting in a chair, getting up and leaving. And then do the same thing next Sunday. I hope that's not what you do. Because you're missing out on so much. Because the last thing we need to understand is that God doesn't need something from us when we serve but he wants something for us we're always more blessed to give than to receive see so while God calls us to serve he calls us to use our gifts well he he goes beyond that and he says you know I'm going to bless you through doing that through your sacrifice I'm going to bless you we'll talk about that a little bit but I want to share just you know I was really reminded of this uh, truth. Often parenting is a good picture of how God and it relates with us. If you're a parent, if you're a child, you can understand this as well. So speaking to everyone in this room. But when we were renovating this campus this past couple weeks, my daughter was in here with me. She's four and she's very sweet, but she's not good at anything. Like as far as renovating goes, she, I'm just a little bit better than she is at painting. Um... But she came up to me and she's like, I want to help, help you, right? She wanted to help me paint. And I was like, at, at first I was like, no, you know, I'm just going to go have, have to go fix it, you know, behind me. But then I realized something very important that this, this point illustrates. God doesn't, I didn't need something from her. Like I could have done it myself, but, but I wanted something for her. I wanted her to be able to say that she helped and that she experienced that, right? It's fun for her. She was a part of it. And that's exactly what God does for us. God doesn't need your help. He could just do it. He could make it happen. But why doesn't he? Well, because he wants something for us that's so much greater than if we were just robots who never did anything. Why do you think God calls us all the time to do these things when he's completely able to do it? Well, it's because it benefits us. God doesn't need something from us, but He wants something for us. That this is, you know, I think important to understand in this in this aspect. Romans twelve three. So this is before the spiritual gifts that we've looked at. But Romans twelve three, Paul says this. This is what the the spiritual gifts kind of. Uh, surrounded by is this verse because of the privilege and the authority God has given me i give each of you this warning don't think you're better than you really are be honest in your evaluation of yourselves measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us you know i i always 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 prioritize the attitude over the ability always because if your attitude is like i'm better than everyone they really need me? It's like, no, we don't. <laughs> really, I, I, don't, I don't want prideful, egotistical people, right? Because that's not what God has called us to. God has called us to be humble. He's called us to, to measure ourselves, not by our abilities, not by our gifts, which are from Him, so we shouldn't brag anyway, but by the faith that He's given us, Whatever your gift is, operate in humility. Understanding that that God God doesn't need you. He's going to accomplish what he needs to accomplish whether you're on board or not. But he invites you to something to bless you. So humility, you know, um, as far as the second point goes, he he wants to bless you. Now, I want to Define what that means. What does it mean to be blessed, right? Because some, some churches would say, well, if you do this, you'll get this. If you give, you know, I've said this, I think, last sermon. If you give $10, you're going to get $100 in return. If you give an hour of your time, you're going to get the best parking spot at work tomorrow. If you, if you do, you know, like we think that when we do things that God owes us things. But that's not how it is. God often works in paradoxes. He says that if you want to be first, you have to be last. If you want to be a leader, you have to be the servant. If, if you want to uh, live for God, you have to die for yourself. If you want security in Christ, you have to surrender to him, right? These are all paradoxes. But my favorite paradox is in, is in Acts twenty thirty five. It says this, you should remember the, Lord, the words of the Lord Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. That word blessed means happy. That's what that means. It's more happy to give than to receive. You will be a happier person if you're the type of person who doesn't hold on to things, hoard things, but rather is generous and gives them away. That's what Jesus said, and I like how it says you should remember, because we don't often remember, we don't often believe these words, we believe I want to get, I want to collect, I want it to be mine, and this isn't just with money, this is with our time, with our talents, with our energy, it's, it's more convenient for us to go home and kick on Netflix or something, and watch a show for five hours, right, then come to the church and help out, it's more convenient to sleep in on Sunday morning than to come and to serve. That's easier for us, but, but we're not more blessed when we do that. We're more blessed when we give, not when we receive what we want to receive. So, so where do we go with this this morning as we close? I mean, I don't want to, my intention is not to guilt anyone into anything. But I'll just be honest, there are needs here at the church, like Don said, you know, we, we do not have kids church this service, and, and we want to have kids church. You know why we want to have kids church? Not to get the kids out of here. We love kids. We want kids church for the family that's in here, who their kids are sitting with them, for the family who's not here yet, who's coming from the neighborhood and has six kids, we want something to be able to offer them. We've had to turn, not turn people away, but when we've told some people, oh, we don't have kids' churches service. Some people have left. I hate that. That bothers me. I hope that bothers you if you're a Christian, if you're an alpiner. One person said that to operate within God's will, we need to do two things. We need to be available and we need to be obedient. We need to be available to the opportunities that God is going to put before us. Because if you've been a Christian for five minutes and you've prayed, God, I want an opportunity for something, He's going to give you that. <laughs> he's faithful to give you an opportunity. But then the next thing comes, we need to be obedient. So the opportunity's there, but we need to step into it, which is where a lot of us fail. We say, I want the opportunity. Well, no, no, not that opportunity. I want another one, right? I want that opportunity over there. But maybe that's not what God is giving you at the time. Be available, be obedient, and always, always, always keep the why in your head. It'll help you in serving. When the serv- when serving's inconvenient, when your alarm goes off and you're like, I want to sleep in, you can remind yourself that coming to church and serving is literally changing lives. It changes lives. Like the, the little things like cleaning a bathroom or planting flowers or pulling weeds or making coffee, all these things lend to helping pe- people pursue God when they, when they work together. And that's what we want to do. We want to win as a team, not as individuals, and everyone has something to offer for the greater good. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much, Lord, that you are, are clear with us in your word and that you've shown us, God, just the importance of looking outside of ourselves, of getting involved, God, in, in everything that's happening. God, we thank you so much for your grace, God, that you first showed, up, showed us in, in creating us and that culminated in sending your son Jesus to die for us. God, and I pray that we would understand that grace and that that would lead us and guide us every single day by the power of the Holy Spirit, God. And maybe there's someone in here, Lord, who hasn't put their trust and their faith in you. Maybe they're, they're trying to do it on their own and they just can't seem to get the hang of it. God, I pray that person would realize, would recognize that, God, you're the only way. You are the way, the truth, and the life. God, the way that we have relationship with God, and so we just thank you so much for that beautiful gift of salvation, Lord, and I thank you that, that it didn't stop there, that God, that you continue to give us grace and pour out grace in our lives, and, and, and that's seen in you giving us gifts and abilities to do things, Lord, and I pray that, that we in here who have placed our trust and our faith in you would be people who step up, who meet needs, God, who aren't just spectators, God, but who get in the game, Lord, who changed lives, Lord, we've 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 had so many people experience Jesus for the first time at Alpine Church because of faithful servants, God. So we thank you for providing and we believe that you'll continue to provide. God, I I pray that maybe if if someone in here who just hasn't taken that step because of whatever, because because they've just haven't wanted to because they don't feel like they're good at anything, God, I, I pray that you would give them the confidence and the boldness that they need. Because, God, it's really not, it's, it's really not us accomplishing the work. God, this is your church. And, it, and all of this is accomplished by your power. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of it, God. Help us to experience that blessing when we give of our time, when we give of our efforts, when we give of our, of our resources, God, everything. God, that you would bless us in the way that we need to be blessed, that you would help us to see that we're making a difference, God, not only in these walls, but, but so much further beyond what we can even see, that we will see someday. We thank you for doing that work. We thank you for allowing us to be a part of it, God. As we go from here, I pray that we would, we would live our lives for your honor, for your glory, and God, that you would lead us and guide us and direct us in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, here's the action step this morning is we have these connect cards that you can let us know if you are a guest or or anything like that, but there's also a spot on here that, that says serving. And so maybe you don't even know how to get involved. Maybe this is the first step. I You don't have to talk to anyone this morning, but please grab one of these cards, fill it out, put it in one of the two giving boxes at the back of the room, or give it to Tracy at the welcome desk on your way out. Because we would love to have you be a part of the team to help us win. Uh, Win not only for those who are in here now, but for those to come. So um, please do that If, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you're not involved, and this is your home church. There's a place for you to be, uh, to exercise your gifts. And also, uh, I just want to let you know that we are, I'm going to be up here. If you have any questions, if you would like prayer, uh, we're going to end the service a little bit differently today, five minutes early. So um, thank you so much again for coming, for being a part of it. Uh, Reach out if you need anything, and we hope to see you next week. God bless.